Hi. Hello. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. (laughs) Anyway, tell me about this murder. Okay. These multiple murders. Yes. I'm telling you the story of serial killer Israel Keys, and we just left off talking about how terrifying he is because he doesn't have a motive, really. We can't really figure out why Mm -hmm. he's this messed up. We're scared. Yeah, he just kills for the fun of it. He does. Which is horrible and weird and not normal. Not normal. There could be like a very good reason that we just don't know about and that he didn't tell anyone about, but right. we don't know about it. So <laughs> so here we are speculating. Here we are. So I told you about his childhood. You did, yeah. And after high school, a couple years after graduating, he joins the army. He serves for two years, goes to Egypt. Does some army stuff. Neato. In 2001, he was honorably discharged, and so he was 23 years old. And it has been reported that he used to make comments like, oh, I can't wait to get out of the military so I can go murder people. Okay. So excited. (laughs) You you know, you know, that's a weird sentence to just tell someone. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, it's, it's a very direct and specific specific thing like what you know oh god he's acting like it's an aspiration that's like normal to have like can't wait to go start a family just can't wait to do it and then kill people on the side (laughs) it's gonna be super great let all my emotions out it's like a hobby it's almost like he's saying that's like a weird hobby for him can't wait to go hunting People. Well, well, if he's saying this, <laughs> yeah, what the heck? And if he's saying this, he clearly has been thinking about it. I know. During his time in the military. And these are here. This is hearsay, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. No. Well, I don't know him personally, but it seems like it was something he would say, considering. Yeah, and like no one reported this, but also, yeah, boys are dumb. You are correct, and they say dumb things. They do so... sometimes. They do say they say smart things too. But sometimes they say some pretty dumb things. So I can't, I mean, I feel like maybe they were just like, oh, that weirdo is real. What a guy. So not sure. Well, that just reminds me of the person, um, uh, Billy, from the Suzanne Joven case. Yeah. And when his friend. Stop killing, stop joking about killing people. It's not funny. funny. (laughs) And when you hear somebody say something in a serious tone or even a joking tone, like, ha ha, killing people, right? Fun stuff. Report to the police. Please. They'll take you seriously. Hopefully, they will take you seriously. And even if they don't in the moment, like, later on, they can be like, oh. Oh, nuts. Well, oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah, can't you just see, like, a cute little police officer saying, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. Like, dropping his <laughs> coffee. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, after he was honorably discharged, he settled down on the Macaw Reservation in Nia Bay with his girlfriend, who was a member of that tribe. Oh, I was just going to say, I was like, is he Native American? No, he's What's a... happening? He's a serial killer. He's a middle-aged white guy, clearly. <laughs> um, he is. I'm not being sarcastic. No. <laughs> so funny. He lives there with his girlfriend and his daughter, and he works for the department, um, the tribal authorities forestry department later like breaks up with his girlfriend and moves off the reservation he opens his own construction business called keys construction and what the heck i know it's very original yeah really original why can't it be like common grounds 
I know. That's, that's so the, cute. a really cute name. Whatever. <laughs> Israel. <laughs> um, so he gets a new girlfriend. She's a nurse practitioner. And he and his daughter and her live together in Anchorage. And they have a two-story white house in a cul-de-sac. He has a puppy, Aww. a little pug. And that's normal Israel. So this is his like what everyone sees. Right. Everyone thinks this is just who he is. Right. Wrong. Don't believe it. I don't. It's not who he is. I would never believe it. He's living a total double life. Clearly. So let me tell you about his, you know, hidden serial killer-y life. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said earlier, we don't know who all his victims are because he only said what he wanted to say. And I'll tell you what we know, though. As disturbing as this might sound... Israel was really good at flying under the radar. He went out of his way to not get caught and to basically just commit crimes for like a really long time without no one suspecting him or with no one suspecting him. Yeah. Um, I hate people like that because it's you never know what the victim count is. Yeah. We have no clue. Oh, God. But I'm willing to bet it's like around like the 50s. Which is like pretty high up there. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's one. If if that's true, he's like one of the most deadly serial killers in America. Yeah, uh, in recent history. And that's just a speculation. So it could no, be- that's like I'm just guessing because. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you later. Yeah, okay. So, um, one of the things he did to like not get caught was he buried kill kits years before he planned to use them. So Ew. he would get a bucket. Fill it with murder weapons and bleach and bury them in random places like off the side of an unfrequented road or in the woods. And then he would like years later go back and unbury them and use them. Ew. So he was never traveling away from a crime scene with weapons or to a crime scene with weapons. So annoyingly clever (laughs) when you said like. He just filled a bucket with murder weapons, like, (laughs) switched it up every once in a while, like a screwdriver in one. (laughs) I mean, that's what he did. in another. That's so gross. I don't like that. And that's that's clever. I know. That's really clever. Because it erases all all evidence. Yeah. And, Um, oh, sorry, what? Oh, well, no, it's just like the murder weapon is a huge piece of the puzzle. I know. In a murder trial. Yeah. It's incredibly clever. Um, And the other thing he did that's really clever is he went out of his way to be physically untraceable. So he was from Alaska. So he flew, would typically fly into like one of the continental states. And then he would drive somewhere else, pick up his victim, kill them, drive somewhere else, dump their body. Usually that was what he did. My God. So, for example, if he wanted to kill us here in Fort Collins, hypothetically, he would probably fly to, like, Lincoln, Nebraska. Like, so it's not a too bad of a drive here. Right. Pick us up here, kill us, and probably drop us off in, like, Kansas or something. Like, that way, when there's a missing body in Kansas, they're looking at people in Kansas. Right, and they wouldn't even think to look at someone in Fort Collins. Yeah. Because it's in Kansas. And they wouldn't think to look at him as the killer, because he, because he didn't even Lincoln fly Airport. in here. Mm, 
he, I mean, okay, all right. He's just trying to kill people, like, everywhere he can go. Yeah, and he clearly took great, this is going to be gross, great pleasure in doing that because he was so meticulous. And he, it was so predetermined. He buried kits, and he had to have buried them in places he knew he would go back to. Right. Oh, my And God. I don't even know how he remembered where they were because, I mean, there's still some out there, he says. He says there's still kill kits, like, buried that he never got to use. Oh, my so God. So if you're ever, like, digging around and, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe tell someone if you find right. one. <laughs> oh, my God. Or, like, when our civilization completely dies off and they've been, like, archaeologists a thousand years yeah. from now. Like, look at this bucket. What is this? <laughs> With a screwdriver. And in bleach. It. And zip ties. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be weird. Anyway. <laughs> so he also only used cash and he didn't communicate with anyone long enough to leave a lasting impression. So oh, that's clever. too. He's also not very distinct looking. He's just like a normal, like probably like five, nine, like white brown hair, like outdoorsy looking guy, like literally everyone who lives around us right now. See, but it's always the ones that look normal that are the crazy yeah. people so you can't spot him anywhere and even if you he did maybe like have a interesting conversation with a cashier or something no way is that description going to be helpful no he has nothing to distinct he's not like you can say um this man who was seven foot tall came in here and then uh, they're going to go find a temper yeah <laughs> or like this man with like beady eyes and a swastika in his forehead came in here like manson yes sneaking so, out all the time yeah are you looking up a picture of it? Yep. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't have one pulled up. That's okay. But um, so yeah, he like literally hid in plain sight. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. He's just like not the what I was imagining. What were you imagining that was different? I don't know. What, I keep on thinking about Richard Ramirez. He's just his face is in the back. Richard of my Ramirez head. is Mexican. I know he is. I know. <laughs> Israel Keys is a white guy. I know my. I know my flaws. I see that. <laughs> also, Richard Ramirez never went to a dentist and has scary monster teeth. In this guy, he does not. True, distinctive trait. This guy has none. Okay. Weird. Anyway, we've literally okay. described him to you for like twenty minutes, so let's move on. <laughs> Just to <laughs> so to recap, he looks like an normal. average man. <laughs> Just think normal. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> so he was also a very confident killer. He was organized and never second guessed himself until 2012 when he murdered Samantha. And so this whole time leading up to that, from 2001 to 2012. He's just murdering. And we can without a doubt link him to three murders. Like, no. That's like, it? Without a doubt. Three. Okay. But authorities believe he's responsible for more than 11 at least that they can potentially say he had something to do with. Right. But the annoying thing is we'll never really know. And like I said, I think it's probably like closer to something like 50 because he was traveling, like, we have him traveling to, like, more than 30 places. We being the FBI, not me. And, um, <laughs> you specifically. I have tracked him traveling. To... <laughs> um, no, so I think that he probably wouldn't have wasted a trip like that. You yeah. know, he probably killed, like, at least once, but probably twice on all of those trips. Right. So that's, like, 60-something. My God. Like, I just don't get why he would travel somewhere and not kill. 
like what like that his purpose of traveling was to kill so why wouldn't he right and what was his excuse for all of this traveling because i mean he just had a construction company right i mean i don't really think he has to tell anyone what he's doing I, I, I guess, but I don't know. If I was his girlfriend, I'd be like, why are you going to But I mean, it's place? over the course of like 10 years. So oh, got you. Okay. I mean, 30. I mean, that is a lot of trips for 10 years, but I mean, at, like at the same time, three trips a year is like pretty normal. Yeah. So, Ugh, creepy. I don't like it. Oh, God. I know. So untraceable. It, it's like it hurts. It does. So aside from all of um, like just some some random things he would do as a kid, like break into homes and just weird kid stuff. Um, the first real like true big crime he can remember committing. He can remember, by the way, um, was during the summer of either ninety seven or ninety eight. He can't recall because it's human life is that meaningless to him. That's so weird. So this oh, is not like his it. first murder. This is his first really big crime. So okay. he was working somewhere along the Deschutes River where inner tubing was a really popular activity. And one day he just decided that he thought he could rape someone and get away with it. He just like had this thought. So he decided to. <laughs> he just had it. You know? He did. This is what he's telling FBI. So he's weird. like, I just decided I think I can rape someone and get away with it. So I'm going to try. So he waited along the beach for a suitable target and a group of friends floated by on their inner tubes and he waited until the very last one in the group floated by and it was a teenage girl with blonde hair and he pulled her off her tube and violently raped her in the woods and then put her back on her tube and pushed her down the river. Uh, okay, what happened to her? What, did she go forward with any of this? Was she conscious when he put her back? Did her she was friends alive. anything? No, she was alive. He didn't kill her. Well, yeah, but like, did he knock her out or no. anything? Why? I mean, he he would never do that. He like enjoys the pleasure of killing and hurting people and, and watching them watching them suffer. Oh my god! And I mean, this like the saddest part about that is we have to fi- figure this out through him because. I, I can't like figure out any other reason other than that girl didn't feel supported enough to come forward with a right. rape allegation. And this is like 97. I mean, How people did, yeah. today, people are still afraid to come forward with any form of sexual assault allegation, rape or mm-hmm. anything. So I can't imagine what 97, 98 was like. Right. In an atmosphere that was because at least we're starting to move in a direction where it could we could potentially start to become more comfortable coming forward. But back then, I don't think it was. It's not. It's not the same. No, and I think we're moving backwards. I yeah. mean, just with the with the Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh hearings, yeah. mm-hmm. we essentially just told everyone in the world, every girl, every woman who's been assaulted, that your story doesn't matter. So why would you feel comfortable coming forward? Right. But the part that really, really sucks here is that had that girl felt like it was something she could do, and it would have led to justice for her, then maybe Israel Keys would have been arrested and put in prison for rape. Right. And then none of this would have happened. Yeah. And I'm sure that that girl, wherever she is, like carries that with her. But like, I, no one should feel that way. No one should feel guilty for not reporting. It's the system that makes you feel Uh like you're not able to report. Yeah. You didn't fail anyone. It was the system that failed you. Yeah. And even if you do come forward and they perform a rape kit, it will sit in a box. Yeah. And we won't test it. (sighs) <sighs> okay. So, 
<laughs> it was like an in unison sigh. I know. So, yeah. So he would have been like 19 or 20 during that attack. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's ridiculous that he doesn't even remember when it happened. Like, that's how insignificant it was to him. Um, And so that's what, like, when the FBI says, when was your first crime? That's what he says. So then they're like, so why don't you tell us about all your serial killings, please? Yeah, what about your first murder there, And Bucko? he, for some reason, admits to two murders. Um, And that is of Bill and Lorraine Courier. So he murdered them. Aside from Samantha, they know he murdered Samantha. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Bill and Lorraine Courier are two the and three. The other two. Um, so this happened in Essex, Vermont in June 2011. And do you want to know why he chose them? I do. Yes. Please tell me. Because their home had an attached garage. And he said he had a house like that when he was a kid. And he knew that it would be easy to break into. Oh, my house, <laughs> my parents' house has an attached garage. It's okay, because Israel, uh, Israel can't get you, but <laughs> Still. Ugh, I know. Well, geez, that's a random, like, what, what? <laughs> it just shows how random he was. I know, so that's why I'm like, no way that he only killed them. Oh, no. Because he says, I mean, he's literally saying, I've killed tons of people. He's just, I don't want to tell you about them all. Like, and he won't even, he didn't even give him a number. Like, but I'm just thinking if he's, has at least 30, I think it's like 35 flights to America. Yeah. That they can track. That's at least one. At least one murder victim in every time, with every single one of those flights, if not two or three. Right. Exactly. Depending on how long he was there. Yeah. So. my God. And he says there's like still tons of kill kits buried. So why would you, I don't know. I'm just thinking if you've only murdered like three people in your life. That just makes no, 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 po- no freaking way. No. And I mean, 11 even seems like a small number for what he's describing. Yeah. Jeez. He literally just flies somewhere, drives around, picks up his kill kit, looks around, decides who do I want to kill today? What looks like a suitable target to me? Like what's the easiest option? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, so, that's so scary because you could just be doing nothing and just be a person and... Not fit a profile or anything, and some, just because you have an attached garage, you're going to be killed. I know. So, I mean, that's the reasoning of a serial killer. So, I will tell you more about their murder in part three and everything else we know, which honestly isn't much, but it'll be unsatisfying. Hope you join us. <laughs> <laughs> Way to end it. <laughs> you will be completely unsatisfied. Be compl- Actually, there's one. I mean, it's kind of satisfying. I'll tell you. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.